0: The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services is out with its latest data set showing the performance of almost every hospital in the United States. But even as it updates the database that makes up the Hospital Compare tool, CMS is rethinking the methodologies it uses to assign ratings to those hospitals, hoping to make the information more useful to healthcare consumers. The proposed changes are out for public comment until the end of this week. Dr. Kate Goodrich is the director of CMS's Center for Clinical Standards and Quality. She joined us to talk about how Hospital Compare works and what might change.
1: The purpose of Hospital Compare is really twofold. Number one is to give information to consumers to help them be able to make choices in where to receive care, understanding that Consumers don't always have a choice in where they receive hospital care, if there's an emergency or something like that. But it is a tool for uh, consumers to understand the hospitals in their area and how they do on quality of care overall, but also on certain aspects of care, such as patient experience or heart attack care, pneumonia care, stroke care, that kind of thing. But the other reason is very important as well, which is that transparency of quality information is a very strong driver for providers to improve the quality of care that they're delivering. And we have certainly seen that in all of our Compare uh, websites that have come even before Hospital Compare, and we do hear from hospitals and people who work in hospitals that having that information public that will allow consumers to, again, make choices and can even result in a little bit of competition uh, across providers within a certain market area, is a really strong driver for them to be able to improve the quality of care that's being delivered.
0: Yeah, you've actually anticipated my next question. Is that mostly anecdotal, or do you have clear, articulable evidence that, the, you know, that, that, that a hospital with relatively lower scores has looked at their competitors and, and that has prompted them to up their game in some way?
1: So I would say it's two things. Number one, we have seen, um, and I, this is across the board, not just with hospitals, that performance on many quality metrics over time has improved. For, the, for about 90% of our quality measures, um, if you track the performance overall over time, it does improve. Um, and that's probably not just because the measures, uh, the, the performance on those measures is made public. There are other reasons for that for some uh, provider types Part of their payments are based upon how they perform um, on quality metrics, um, but it is all so that's that's number one. Number two is yes, we do hear this anecdotally, but it's not just one or two anecdotally. We hear this all the time from not only individual hospitals but the hospital associations. I practice in a hospital. I'm actually a hospitalist, and I practice on the weekends. And I just know from that experience, which of course is you know an n of one, <laughs> but I do know from that experience that. The um, the uh, C-suite of the hospital is very attuned to their own performance and and uh, and how their competitors do, and we do hear this routinely that that is a really important driver uh, for hospitals to improve.
0: Another thing I was curious about is is what's the differences in how you rate or how you measure private sector hospitals versus what you do for VA and DoD facilities because because those those federal institutions are in the database but there seems to be less data about them at least the ones that I looked at. So so how, how do you track those differently? Because it seems like that's a particularly relevant issue as VA patients increasingly have more choice in, in which facilities they use.
1: The measures that are on hospital compare um, that measure the non-VA and DOD hospitals are all quality measures that um, go through our what we call our uh, notice and comment rulemaking process um, for use in our programs. And they apply to the vast, vast majority of hospitals and critical access hospitals in the country. Uh, the VA and DOD hospitals have actually worked really hard over the last several years to align the quality metrics that they are holding their hospitals accountable for to the same measures that we are using as part of the uh, CMS programs for the Medicare certified hospitals as well. So there's really been an explicit effort uh, between uh, uh, CMS, the VA, and the DOD to as much as possible align quality metrics across all the different hospitals for exactly the reason you articulate, which is that some veterans um, and uh, service members may seek care for a variety of reasons um, or receive care at non-VA or DOD hospitals. And having the ability to compare is is certainly very important for those patients. I believe, although this I'm not 100% sure of, I believe that VA and DOD mostly use a subset um, of the measures that we use on our site. Part of the reason for that, I think, is because we have a statutory requirement to uh, to collect quality measure data from a variety of different settings, uh, both the inpatient setting as well as the hospital outpatient setting uh, in our programs, and it includes sort of a mix of those measures. Um, I'm actually not entirely sure what the decision-making process is internally at the VA or the DOD for um, how they select which measures to collect data on and report, but um, I can tell you for sure that there has been a very strong effort that is ongoing actually um, for the three of us to really be able to align and we actually have formal agreements in place to do that.
0: Would it be fair to say that VA and DOD data is basically self-reported whereas the other organizations are based on CMS's own audits and inspections and certification processes?
1: Well, some of the data on hospital compare is also self-reported by hospitals. And we, of course, do validation and audits as well. Like, um, so some of the measures are based upon claims, Um, some of the measures, which is not self-reported, some of the measures are based upon patient experience surveys, that's the HCAPS measures. Um, And I believe both of those measures are reported in the same way for the VA and DOD. But again, I'm not an expert on their measure data, I'm afraid, so I'm not 100% sure how that happens. But some of the measures around stroke care and heart attack care, um, as an example, um, are actually submitted uh, either from the electronic medical record, and we have only a very small handful of of measures that are abstracted from charts. Uh, We have very, very few of those anymore. Most of them are now electronic. You could argue that those are self-reported because they are sent in Um, You know directly from the hospital often through a third-party vendor to CMS Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, we of course do audits and and data validation Um, I I, I'm afraid I can't speak to whether or not the VA or DOD do that I would imagine they do but I'm just not certain.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough Okay, so at least for another few days here You've got some proposed changes to hospital compare uh, out out to the public right now
1: Talk about what you're
0: potentially looking at changing and and why?
1: So first, what, maybe I can tell you a little bit about what we actually already did change sure. uh, that we when, with the star ratings that were released in February. So in July of 2018, we sent out preview reports, which is uh, what we do before we release star ratings. We send out a report to every single hospital in the country who's getting a star rating, and we say, you know, here's your star rating. Let us know if you think there's any mistakes in the data or you have any concerns. And one of the things that we heard was that For a small handful of hospitals, their star rating had gone up or down um, by one or two stars more than they had expected. Um, So it was a big difference from the previous um, uh, star ratings that, that they had gotten in December of 2017. And so they reached out to us to better understand what had happened. Um, and when we started looking at the methodology and the data. We realized there were a couple of reasons why that happened, um, and uh, that w- that were actually something that we could address uh, fairly easily and fairly quickly. Because, um, as you could imagine, uh, if you're a hospital and your star rating between from you know from December to July goes up by two stars, you're probably pretty happy. But if it goes down by two stars, you're not. <laughs> but two star jump within six months is pretty significant, and not that that could never happen. But um, but we to understand better why it did happen. And again, this is about 250 hospitals total. So we started looking into it and we realized that um, it really had to do with um, an aspect of the underlying methodology that led to some unpredictability in the weighting of some of the measures that were in the safety category in particular. Um, and so we made some statistical model changes to uh, stabilize uh, the, the impact of changes to measures within that safety category that really attenuated that effect of those big swings. So that was one thing. The other thing that we um, did was we made a decision that any particular measure that had what you call a, a negative loading, so we divide up all the measures into seven different categories or seven different groups within the star ratings and uh, the weights of the measures can vary um, within each group depending upon uh, any significant changes to the measures. And sometimes you'll get a measure that is kind of an outlier um, and actually can have a, um, that isn't really related to the other measures in that category um, as well as you would expect it to be. And we call that a negative loading without getting too, too technical, I'll just put it that way. (laughs) Um, And so what we said was, look, if we find any measures that have this negative loading, that are having this kind of outlier impact on the rest of the star rating, we'll just remove the measure for that particular refresh. Now we didn't find that for any of the measures in the um, release of of the star ratings in February, but we at least um, changed our methodology to say that if we do find that that happens that we would remove the measure for that particular update to the star ratings. And so what this, the overall impact that this had was it really just kind of stabilized um, the star ratings uh, a little bit more than they were before and addressed some of the concerns our stakeholders had. But we know from you know, years, actually, of engaging with all kinds of stakeholders on Hospital Compare that there are some more fundamental things that people would like us to take a look at. So that's what we put out for public comment at the same time as releasing the star rating. So um, we put out a methodology report with some very specific questions to the public about ways in which we might um, update and hopefully improve the star ratings over time. Some of them are very, very uh, technical uh, modifications that uh, you probably have to be a statistician to fully understand, <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and we know that there are those out there who um, will respond to us on that. Um, but we also ask some more fundamental questions, like one of the things that we've heard is that Hospitals of of particular types would prefer to be compared to hospitals like them. They think that's a fairer comparison. And to give you an example, small rural hospitals, um, we sometimes hear from that community, you know, it doesn't really make sense to compare me to the large urban academic teaching hospital. It, It makes more sense if you just compare like to like. So we call this peer group comparisons. So, um, and we also heard from large academic teaching hospitals that they believe that they are very different um, in terms of their patient population, you know, they usually have a lot of, it's a teaching hospital, they have lots of residents and medical students, and so we've heard from them, you know, we'd like to be compared to each other, and we don't think it's as fair of a comparison to be compared to, say, a small rural hospital. And I'd say there are a variety of opinions about whether or not we should do star ratings based upon your comparison within your peer group or not. Uh, We had already started to explore that issue. We heard from some folks that that made a lot of sense and others that it would be confusing to consumers and patients to do that. And so we wanted to broaden that opportunity for public input. Um, So, and we're really hoping that we get a lot of input on that particular question. Um, And we, of course, uh, will take all of that, um, take a look at what people say, probably run quite a few of analyses to determine um, what our next steps are. And then, uh, you know, we'd be able to make any changes that we decide to make based upon that public comment, uh, hopefully within the next year or so.
0: So how much of that would be user facing if you if you did more of a like to like comparison? Because it seems to me as a consumer, what you want to do is compare the healthcare facilities that are actually accessible to you within driving distance versus comparing Mm -hmm. your local small hospital with a small hospital in another state.
1: And that's exactly what we've heard um, from some folks, is that uh, doing that peer group comparison would not be as helpful to consumers for exactly the reason that you just described. Um, So one of the questions, one of the specific questions we have in this document is, should we do two star ratings for every hospital? Should we have an overall star rating that would allow um, consumers to compare the small hospital to the large teaching hospital in the region where they could get the same service? and then should we also have a star rating that um, allows you to see how your large academic teaching hospital compares to other large academic teaching hospitals? Is that a useful piece of information um, for consumers? And so I think, you know, you've articulated perfectly um, that there are probably pros and cons to that, um, and so that's exactly what we're hoping to understand a little bit better from from the public.
0: Okay, let me ask you one more question, just because it's something I'm very curious about. We, we've, we've mostly mm-hmm. talked about um, healthcare outcomes and clinical quality so far, but but another piece of data that you have in there is payment data. And as mm-hmm. I understand it, th- these are basically just averages of what healthcare consumers have historically paid at a particular hospital for a given category of treatment. But the reason I'm curious about that is what, what someone actually pays out of pocket, obviously, is going to vary dramatically depending on whether they're on TRICARE or Medicaid or some flavor of private sector health insurance. So, Considering that variability, why, why is that information in the database at all?
1: So um, it'd probably be helpful if I clarify what the cost information is in sure. the database. The cost information that is in the Hospital Compare database is based upon a, co- a cost measure that we call Medicare Spending Per Beneficiary. That's the name of the measure. And so it's actually not a measure of outpatient um, – I'm sorry, of patient – Uh, out-of-pocket cost. It is a measure of what Medicare has spent or paid for the care of a Medicare beneficiary over an episode of care. And that episode of care, given the way the measure is specified, begins about three days before hospitalization through about 30 days, I think it's 30 days after discharge. And the reason we do it that far out after discharge is because one of the factors that, around cost that is um, at least partially within a hospital's control is where the patient goes after discharge. And certainly whether or not they get readmitted after discharge, uh, hospitals do have some degree of control over as well. Um, so uh, we worked with you know many, many, many experts patients, clinicians, um, cost, you know, specialist ec- economists <laughs> uh, for a long period of time to develop that measure. But it really is based upon what Medicare pays for. Um, and it's standardized by Uh, We do price standardization by region and so forth, so it is um, adjusted for regional variation and cost, and it's also adjusted for patient severity. We do risk adjustment for patient severity. So it really does try to sort of level the playing field, if you will, um, across all hospitals across the country, Um, but uh, I would agree with you that being able to capture that degree of variation and make comparisons as it relates to... Um, patient out-of-pocket costs uh, would be very challenging, but we also know that's something patients really want. Um, So uh, aside from hospital compare, um, you know, one of the things uh, CMS is very focused on is price transparency. Um, because we know that that is really important to consumers, again, to help them make choice and understand what they're going to have to pay. So we are starting to do some work looking um, at at that factor as well um, to to see what we could do to make that information available, but understanding that it does have the challenges that you described.
0: Got it. So bottom line, at least for now, people should not look at those numbers and and make the same mistake I did and and conclude that I'm (laughs) going to pay more or less at this particular facility.
1: Correct, and that's something we should go back and take a look at, and we need to make sure that that is probably clearer than it actually is uh, to relay exactly exactly that, so people do understand what it does reflect and what it doesn't reflect.
0: That's Dr. Kate Goodrich, the director of the Center for Clinical Standards and Quality at the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. You can find this interview at federalnewsradiocom Drive. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely.